right, once again, welcome to everyone. It's great to see you all here. So we have these words there from Christ. Love, do good, bless, and pray. Jesus calls us to these four actions, actions that we are called to do, and which are done, as he says there in the gospel passage, for those and in connection with those with whom we struggle to be in relationship with. These, those who we may not even want to be in relationship with. Love your enemies. Really? Really? Love my enemies? Pray for those who abuse you? I'd like to hear on this day the, say, the Pelosi family's prayers for David DePape. Given that I'm told that, that they are faithful followers of Jesus Christ, I presume that they would do as he asks. But their doing so gives us a glimpse of what Jesus asks of all of us the challenge of all of us. And, you know, I, I say, just point them out as, as an example. There's no political affiliation either way on any side. But imagine, in your own lives, someone takes a hammer to your beloved. Imagine your reaction in that moment. The gospel words fall easy on the tongue, do they not? Until evil comes crashing into our lives. And then our natural impulse is to respond in kind. But that is challenged by the gospel. We find ourselves caught between two sets of values, those of the world and those of Jesus Christ. And yet, for us Christians, the choice has already been made. The cross tells us which value, which action to choose while not diminishing the difficulty of that choice, the spiritual maturity, the emotional restraint that is needed to make that choice, and above all, the spiritual sensibility to be at peace with our choice. The New Testament scholar Raymond Brown once said that the value system of the kingdoms of the world is upside down in relation to the kingdom of heaven. He's coming from the perspective that the first value to pay attention to is that of the kingdom of heaven. And it is the world's values that are out of sync and that are upside down. And yet the church is always in danger of losing its way even though we have the words and example of Jesus Christ. What was it that he said there on Calvary's hill? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. And who are they? His enemies, those who abuse him those who conspire to nail him to the cross. For them did he pray, and also for us, who in ways large and small still crucify him this day and these days. So we have his example of praying for those 
enemies. And today we have his words. They are delivered in what is known as the Sermon on the Plain. If you, you read it, you know, you can hear sort of an, an echo of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's Gospel. But this is Luke's in, interpretation and his version of that, which is delivered by Jesus after an intense, long night of prayer, trying to decide who will be his 12 chosen apostles. He's been on a mountaintop. Now he comes down onto the plain. The 12 are there with him. But so is a great crowd of his disciples. Other followers are there with him. Dozens of people from Judea, Jerusalem, Tyre, and Sidon are there with him. The verse immediately preceding our passage says that all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out of him. This is the, the power of love, the power of compassion, of healing, the power that the bleeding woman, you know that story, the bleeding woman who sought him in another crowd, in another day, saying, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, then I would be healed. Power came out of him. And then he stood looked up to his disciples and gave us today's blessings and the woes that accompanied them. You'll notice that they stand in opposition to each other and point towards the life in the kingdom, a life and a reality of which the virgin daughter of Nazareth put into song when she met old Elizabeth, you recall, at the beginning of Luke's gospel when Mary goes to Elizabeth and says, My soul magnifies the Lord. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. The idea of reversal, of upturning the world's values is key in the scriptures and is an element in Luke's gospel that returns again and again and again. The blessings and the woes that are offered up are the works of God. Now we, us, we are called to live by that set of values that is rooted in love. And that, of course, a love that extends beyond those who love us. As Jesus says a bit later in his sermon, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Brothers and sisters, we are called to the challenge to mimic the love of Christ, to live by the example of Christ, and above all, to take seriously the vows and promises we make to Christ. Jesus' words should give us pause. We should stop and say, what exactly is he talking about? What is he asking us to do? Am I even able to do it? We are about to welcome these little ones into the body of Christ. And in the service section that is to come, at least 14 promises and vows will be made. The families will make promises before God, because we are here in God's house. God is with us, his presence, its presence, looking down upon us, listening 
to what we say, the families will make their promises. The congregation, it's all of us, each and every one of us here, we will promise to do all in our power to support these children and their families. And then there will come the baptismal covenant and its questions. Will you persevere in resisting evil? Will you continue in the apostles' teaching? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people, respecting the dignity of everyone? Will you do that? Imagine, imagine if every Christian took those words to heart and truly lived them. Every Protestant, the Roman Catholic, every Orthodox, every Pentecostal shouting in the blood of, of the Lamb, every non-denominational person, every believer in Christ continuing, persevering, striving, seeking, proclaiming by word and example the good news of God in Christ. Imagine that. Imagine that being done. Imagine that as a gift to these children who, God willing, will outlive just about every one of us sitting here right now. Imagine that as a gift to them. These vows that we make, we make with the understanding that it is not by our own power that we attempt to live this challenging, amazing, difficult way of love. We affirm our promises by saying, I will, with God's help. The challenging love we are called for, we are called to do, is present in the baptismal covenant and the vows that we are about to make. The gospel passage that we heard ends with a familiar and wonderful little saying. I'm sure that we've all heard somewhere, right? Do to others as you would have them do to you. Anyone here, let's say, over the age of four, not heard that phrase? Do to others as you would have them do to you? Or on the flip side, there's an old uh, magazine when I was growing up, Mad Magazine. You might remember Mad Magazine. Anyway, very irreverent magazine. And Mad Magazine's twist on, on this phrase was, do unto others and then split. But <laughs> the world's values, you know, inverted with Christ's values. That is not what we affirm, right? Do unto others. Do as you would have them do to you. Now, Jesus, in, in making that statement, it's not just offering up sort of a, a gentle and, you know, and passive request that, you know, that we can sort of pick up or leave or disregard however we feel about it. The phrase, do, is cast in the imperative and the active tense for all you grammarians out there, okay? The imperative tense, the active tense. Tense. This is not a lazy laying back. This is an active call to do. The grammar informs and informs 
the theology. Jesus is making a serious demand of us, brothers and sisters, and we should respond accordingly by being purpose-driven, if you will, purpose-driven to do the hard work of the Christian life. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Hard though it may be, and I'm sure we can all attest to that, this is a hard lift, as we say. And yet, Jesus promises that if we do these very things, if we live by these core values, expecting nothing in return, then our reward will be great. For by this we will be known as his brothers and sisters. By this we will be known with the children that we welcome today, that each and every one of us here are children of God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.